I've got more on the Missouri-Auburn game, but of course people are still talking about the end of regulation and the decision to settle for a field goal. So let's talk about that even more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. And yes, I accidentally had my glasses on there in the open. I guess I'm just still hungover. From this football weekend, the Kansas City Chiefs didn't do a lot to to give me the old hair of the dog, let's put it that way. But you know what? People are still talking about the end of regulation and Eli Drinkwitz's decision to essentially take a couple knees and set up Harrison Mevis for what unfortunately would have been a game-winning field goal. Of course, it slid just to the right. Harrison missed it. He pushed it. And... I obviously had a very passionate take on Sunday morning. I was uh, I was fired up. I was surprised that so many people thought that that was the wrong move. And if you followed me on Twitter yesterday, well, I continued that argument for sure with some fans who disagreed with me. And part of my argument was that on several times on this program, I said that Harrison Mevis was the most reliable part of this football team, and I never got any pushback. From that, not on the comments, on YouTube, not on Twitter, not anywhere. And by the way, if you add up, which I did, if you add up all of Harrison Mevis's similar kicks before, which I've called the 26 yarder from straight arm, that, that's a de facto extra point. So I included all of his extra points and I included everything inside of 30 yards. And I saw a couple other people do this too. I, I came up with 93 out of 93. I saw some other people say it was 94 of 94. I saw somebody else say it was 90 of 90. I don't know. Perhaps we're we're bad at math or we're getting our information from somewhere. But all I know is before Saturday, Harrison Mevis had never missed a kick inside of 30 yards. And that's a pretty big sample size too. And even ESPN stats and info, you go back and look at the game. You can go there right now. Go to their box score section. Click on GameCast and you can see the win probability. Well, with two seconds left in regulation, Missouri had a 94.6% chance to win that ball game. And again, if if Mevis is over 90 out of 90, essentially, on those type of kicks, that almost seems a little bit low to me. But I guess somehow... ESPN stats and info knew something that I didn't. But regardless, that means that one out of 20 times you're going to lose in that scenario. I just don't see the argument for saying that, well, Missouri should have, they would have had an even better chance at victory had they ran the ball into the line a couple of times. Because here's the thing. Let's think about this from Auburn's perspective. 
We've thought about this purely from Missouri's perspective, but let's think about it from the other Tigers' perspective. If you're Brian Harson and you're over on that sidelines, don't you have to think about letting Missouri score at a certain point? Especially after, if Missouri runs a, a running play on first down that say, let's say it doesn't get a touchdown. First and goal from the three, well, Auburn's obviously going to use one of its two timeouts. Now if you're Auburn, especially if Missouri gains a yard or two, got to almost be thinking, hey, let's let them score here so we can actually get the ball back. Because the last thing we want is for time to run out and for there to be a score by Missouri to end the game. And that's exactly what Eli Drinkwitz set up. So again, if I'm the Auburn Tigers, I'm perfectly happy to see Missouri try to score there rather than setting up a game-winning field goal with no timeout left. Again, that leaves me praying for a 1 out of 20 shot. Using ESPN's own data, we'll just use that, a 95% chance. That means 1 out of 20 at best. I'm praying for that. And something I have absolutely no control over whatsoever because a blocked kick in that scenario that close to the actual goalposts is also incredibly unlikely. Never happened to Harrison Mevis before, obviously. So, listen, I will give all of you guys this. There is no doubt if the Missouri tries to score a touchdown there, obviously Missouri still has the odds in its favor. I just don't think it's better than what Missouri and Eli Drinkwitz ended up doing. I also saw some other just frankly bad, nonsensical arguments that other people were making. Somebody on Twitter was arguing with me yesterday that somehow the field goal would have been easier. It would have been an easier kick if we had kicked it after running a couple of normal plays, as if we had sort of you know, frozen our own kicker, if you will, to go back to the Arizona State game, I believe, circa 2011. But to me, then you have to account for the wide hash marks as well in college football. This isn't the NFL where the hash marks are significantly closer together. The closer you get, oddly enough, the more you want it off of those hash marks. So I think the decision to keep the ball in the middle of the field was certainly sound. I suppose you could argue, well, you could hand it off and keep it in the middle of the field too, but as we saw, occasionally running backs are going to fumble the ball. And here's another idea I'm also going to dismiss. Again, this is this is actual real-life people on Twitter. This isn't a straw man argument. Some people were saying that somehow it was sort of insulting to our players I don't know, manhood, I guess, and, and, and confidence, I guess, would probably be better said. It was bad for their confidence that our coach didn't say, hey, I trust you guys to be able to score a touchdown. You know, forget about the clock for a second. Forget about the fact that we don't want to give Auburn the football back. Sure, you, you could say, hey, trust your defense, trust your offense, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. You know what's good for confidence? Winning. That's what's good for confidence because I promise you, you're overthinking it a little bit. If you think anybody in that locker room would have felt badly if that kick went in, Brady Cook was ready to run on the field and celebrate. In fact, he did for about a split second there. And I guarantee you, Burden and Lovett, the guy who caught the ball at the end of the game, every single one of those guys would have been singing in that locker room and loving life on that flight back to Columbia. 
I promise you that. So let's not overthink this thing. Just do the thing that is most likely to win. And unfortunately, while Missouri, it didn't work out to me, if you want to use a poker analogy, say, you know, I I keep saying it's one out of 20. It was a one out of 20 shot. Well, occasionally the guy, you've got somebody beat with a flush and they've got three of a kind. Maybe they got three twos or something like that. And there's only one card left in the deck that can beat you on the river. Well, by golly, the two of spades just got turned over for the Tigers on Saturday. That doesn't mean that you did anything wrong in your poker hand, and it doesn't mean that Eli Drinkwitz did anything wrong either. I just think everybody is overthinking it, quite frankly. And frankly, when it comes to the end of regulation there at the Missouri-Auburn game, well, that's all I got to say about that. But you know what? I got plenty to say about the game itself still, including what's becoming a real breakout season for Dominic Lovett. And also, let's talk about how Brady Cook played in this ball game as well. But you know what? Let's first talk about our title sponsor, which is LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But either way, you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And you know what? I actually have personal experience with this. LinkedIn Jobs has helped my small business find real qualified human beings that are with us today. It's worked out quite nicely. And with simple tools like screening questions, they make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills that you need, the experience that you want, so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs, once again, helps you find the quality candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, obviously, Dominic Lovett played another really good ball game, following up his first 100 yard receiving performance with another 100 yard receiving performance against Auburn. So his breakout going quite nicely so far and really played, made the play of the game, I should say, in the, in the play that seemed like it was going to be essentially the game-winning play for Missouri. Obviously, that catch and throw from Brady Cook down the right sidelines, down to the three-yard line, just a great adjustment on the ball and, and really a solid safe throw by Cook, too, under that scenario. Gave him a chance to catch it, obviously, and threw it outside away from the defender, but also in bounds where he could make a play. Obviously not an easy play whatsoever, so all the credit in the world to love it for sure, but I'll give Brady some credit too for for a pretty decent throw there. I mean, you just had to feel good for for those guys. You know, Burden was going crazy. The whole thing just felt like it was going to be a great victory for Missouri, but of course it didn't happen, and in large part of that was, well, Another bad start by Missouri against a Power 5 opponent. 
In fact, now 19 games. This is Power Mizzou's statistic. First quarter scoring against Power 5 opponents under Eli Drinkwitz, 193-88. to Of course, that's Missouri being behind there by over 100 points in the first quarter in 19 games now against Power 5 teams. That is uh, less than ideal, to say the least. And when you fall down 14 nothing, well, typically the odds of you coming back and winning aren't very good. And maybe we saw part of the reason why there. Unfortunately, Missouri, whatever they're doing to start games, you know, even defensively, obviously Missouri, after the first quarter, the Tigers were dominant in the, in the final three quarters. And in overtime, they were about as good as they possibly could have been, including getting a a a fourth and one stand there Brian Brian Harson excuse a 46 yarder there with about a minute and a half left that that basically won the game too that was every bit as big as the love it catch but it was just strange to see Missouri looked so confused defensively in the first quarter when Auburn was unwilling to throw a pass and that could have been a huge shock for Missouri like I had been saying all week my goodness, be ready for the quarterback run. Be ready for a a huge dose of Tank Bigsby and, and Jarquez Hunter and that whole Auburn rushing attack. But yet Missouri just looked like they weren't ready for that. They looked like they were just kind of sitting back, playing whatever defense they normally play, I suppose, and not really adjusting to the opponent. But of course, there were some adjustments then in the second quarter, and Missouri played great. It's just, my goodness... Putting yourself in a 14 nothing hole, and we seem to do that that type of thing fairly consistently here on the road against good teams in particular, it's just not a good look and something Missouri's really got to look at and fix, by the way. and but, but you know what? Let's talk more about Brady Cook because I thought it was definitely a mixed bag for Cook. I, you know, he ran the ball well, as usual. I thought it intelligently for the most part. And, you know, obviously the, the throw at the end was great. One of Missouri's other touchdowns I pointed out on Twitter during the game that there was a kill, kill, kill by Brady Cook, that signal. Well, that was him changing the play. Obviously, that little speed option to the right side that Missouri blocked up nicely, by the way, got Cody Schrader a touchdown. The perfect call by Cook, so I'll give him huge credit there for sure. But also, quite honestly... Way too many times that Brady Cook, and this has been this has now been four games of Cook, plus last year's bowl game at the end of last season. I think we can say that he has a bit of a propensity to sail his receivers. The ball just gets thrown too high, especially often over the middle of the field, further down the field, and maybe that shows why perhaps Eli Drinkwitz a little bit res a little bit hesitant, I should say, to throw the ball further downfield with farther downfield with Cook and this Missouri passing attack. So something to watch there for sure. I, I just for the people who are saying, hey, you know, Cook hasn't been, you know, he hasn't been great. I I I agree with you. Cook has not been great. I don't think he's been bad either. I think he's been just okay, and I think he's almost certainly probably the best player on the roster at this point. I just don't think that Sam Ab or excuse me, Jack Abraham has shown enough. I don't think Sam Horn is ready and well, reportedly Tyler Macon is with the scout team this week. So that kind of tells you all you need to know about the quarterback room.
By the way, speaking of that fourth and one stop by the defense late in the ball game, well, just before that, I was really, really, really frustrated with a call that Blake Baker made defensively. So I want to talk about that and some more Missouri notes right after these quick words. Well, first of all, the fourth and one with 90 seconds left for Auburn. Thought it was a tough call for Brian Harson. I was glad not to be in his in his shoes. He decided to not take the 46-yard field goal attempt. Instead, tried to run it with Tank Bigsby. And, well, considering that was probably the strength of his ball club, I don't really blame him for trying it. At the same time, Missouri's defense had obviously mostly dominated since the first quarter. I think their kicker was, you know, he's a fifth-year senior, not a bad player, but something like, you know, I think I saw he was 11 of 16 from that range. So, I I don't know. I think if I were Brian Harson, I would have probably taken the fourth and one and, and tried to go for it as well. Maybe I would have had a different play call, though. I, I'm not sure about that. I just think the decision to go for it there was probably right. But regardless, fortunately... That stand by the Missouri defense bailed out what I thought was a terrible, terrible decision by Blake Baker on the previous down. It was third and six. We know how this game's gone so far. Auburn can't get anything going offensively in the second half, but hey, Robbie Ashford, we know he can scramble, right? Well, somehow with third and six, Blake Baker thought it'd be a great idea. Hey, this is the time that we should suddenly play man-to-man defense. And Ashford drops back the pass, waits a beat, sees that man coverage, some crossers going across his across his face. It's obvious to anybody who's paying attention that this is man coverage. And what does he do? Well, he takes off. There's no quarterback spy, nothing. I, I just couldn't believe that that selection there defensively. I really couldn't. On third and six, that's what you gotta be worried about. You gotta be worried about the quarterback scramble and when Missouri was playing zone, I thought for the most part they hemmed him in and kept it together for the most part. But fortunately, Ashford was short, just short there, made it a fourth and one. Obviously, Missouri has has an incredible stand there. So I just thought, wow, a real questionable defensive call there, something I didn't see a lot of people notice. But boy, I noticed it. I was not very happy about it at all. Thankfully, once again, the Tigers front seven bails out. Blake Baker. Also, some questionable officiating, I will say. It just seemed like a bunch of borderline calls were going Auburn's way. Especially, man, a couple potential pass interferences, especially the second one, Luther Burden. I was completely fine with the shot that Brady Cook took to Luther Burden one-on-one there late in the game, but my God, it seemed to me there was a lot of early contact, including a grabbing of the collar of Burden's jersey that, to me, didn't let him, didn't give him a chance to jump in the air. I, I just thought that was an automatic, either defensive holding, pass interference, something. That has to be a flag. So I thought that was really bizarre. The first one was questionable, his first target as well, but also... With about two minutes left in the third quarter, a big hit from behind on the Auburn ball carrier, and that whistle was not blown. It was a bang-bang play, but you go back and listen to it. Mark Jones said, oh, they blew the whistle for forward progress before the ball came out. No, they didn't. That whistle, it was a 
bang, bang play. It was a hit and then a whistle, I mean, a split second later. But I don't know how you can't say that, <laughs> that Missouri got a bad break there. I think Auburn was pretty fortunate. It was a qu- really quick forward progress play, too. To blow it dead that quickly was fortunate regardless. But re- any, even with that, if it's by the whistle, well, I know you can't review forward progress, but can you review the whistle? Apparently not. Apparently there's no way to review forward progress. But a few times there where, of course, it seems like instant replay is here, mostly just to grind the game to a halt because there was multiple plays, including that one, including those potential PIs against Burden that could have changed the game. But somehow, well, those aren't reviewable. To me, either review everything or review nothing. And at this point, I'm much more toward the review nothing side of things. So yes, a deeply, deeply heartbreaking ending for the Tigers. But you know what? We got we got Georgia coming to town. Hey, hey! Okay. Well, it should be. At least that's an interesting opponent, right? A night game. Let's get ready for tailgating. Let's all just, let's all as Mizzou fans just all come together and have a nice bender on Saturday. How about that? That'll be the way that we can truly truly get ready for this coming football game but you know what i'll get you ready of course for the georgia bulldogs all week coming up i am john miller it's locked on mizzou your team every day thanks for listening as always (laughs) 